Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, UFC Vegas 62, Thoughts and Comments, a live reactions podcast to all of the action on the card. And look, we are just about to kick off the main card. This one, a light heavyweight banger between Alonzo Menafield and Misha Serkinov. And we've seen the prelims. Actually, if you listened to the Preview and Predictions podcast, head to head, Every single fight on the prelims I've got correct so far, so feeling good today. I'm feeling great, you could even say. Got a coffee in my hand, Uh, but this light heavyweight action is kicking off. This one I don't expect to last too long, so I'll get into the preliminary action and my reactions to that in a moment. Now I'm going to quickly sit down and watch this main card opener because... They've already kicked off, and yeah, as I said, I don't think this one's going to last too long. This is UFC Vegas 62, thoughts and comments. Let's get amongst it. All right, okay, well, there we go. I was not wrong there. That one lasting about 90 seconds, and my perfect head-to-head record today. Look, this isn't the fucking blow-your-own-trumpet bloody podcast but another one correct i did specify alonzo menafield by first round knockout so if you got amongst the preview and predictions podcast hopefully we're all winning some money today now that one over as quickly as it begun 90 seconds in alonzo menafield they don't call him atomic for no reason absolutely wrecks misha serkinov and for misha serkinov the fifth career loss by way of knockout all five of those coming in the first round. So the numbers don't lie. We are, how many How many fights are we in? Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven from seven, head to head. Not fucking bad, good size. Now, let me jump through the preliminary card action. Uh, of course, that Alonzo Menafield fight, unbelievable. Very, very quick. Menafield getting the knockout finish. Uh, but let's jump on to the preliminary card action first. Now, our opening fight, we had Mike Jackson, best known for beating CM Punk and then having it overturned for smoking marijuana um, and having one DQ win on his record. Mike Jackson, Pete Rodriguez. uh, I picked Pete Rodriguez by knockout. That is exactly how it went down. Not too many surprises there, to be honest. Uh, The market for Pete Rodriguez to win by knockout no value there. It was like $1.35. But kicking off the night or day, in my case, Australian time, Pete Rodriguez absolutely wrecks Mike Jackson, brings this high knee up, knocks him flush out cold. I must be honest, at this point, I was a little bit tired. I stayed up till 4am. So this card, uh, Australian time, starting at 7am. And uh, I had some other engagements. It's the Rugby League World Cup. So I was a little bit tired. I had to go back and watch the replay of that. But for Pete Rodriguez, look, five wins by knockout, all in the first round. His only career loss, a short notice loss, 
up against an absolute stud in Jack Della Maddalena. Pete Rodriguez gets the card kicked off in style. And for Mike Jackson, I would say that's probably the last time we're going to see him inside the UFC. His record now, one win, two losses, and one no contest. But for Pete Rodriguez, well, it's a good win. He gets to show his skill set, may even pick up 50K in the process. Pete Rodriguez kicking off the card with a potential performance of the night winning knockout. After that, we had a flyweight contest that I was very interested in. And look, I'll be real, I had a bit of a nap over the next two fights. I did tune in right at the end there to see Tatsuru Taira winning by submission over CJ Vergara. Uh, Taira on the official Not Just a Sports Report one to watch list. He's one I've been keeping an eye on, and he extends his undefeated record to a perfect 12-0 up against CJ Vergara, who is no slouch. I'm actually a big fan of CJ as well, uh, but Tatsuru Taira, I picked him to win by decision. He ended up getting the submission right toward the end of the second round, and now the flyweight division has a real prospect on its hands. I expect Tatsuru Taira to be competing for a spot in the top 15. If it's not in his next fight, I think the fight after that, it's almost time to give this little kid, this little kid, fuck, I should better not say that. I guess he is a flyweight, so, uh, but still, he'd fucking choke me out if I said anything disparaging. Tatsuru Taira with the second round submission over CJ Vergara, and there's a reason why he's on the one to watch list. So big win for Tatsuru Taira. Then after that, Women's strawweight action, Piera Rodriguez up against Sam Page, Sam Hughes. I had Piera winning by decision. That is exactly what went down. And yeah, I'll be real, I was asleep. At this point, I was just, you got to pick your moments. And then I woke up, uh, to be honest, just after the next fight. I was like, oh shit, hopefully I haven't missed too much. But Piera Rodriguez gets the win. She extends her undefeated record to nine wins and no losses, and unfortunately for Sam Hughes, she'd been on a really quality roll as of late since working under Fortis MMA, uh, but Piero Rodriguez gets the win. Now, I didn't see the fight, but just checking the numbers, and Piero was ahead on significant strikes. She had five takedowns, uh, and yeah, it seems like that was a pretty clear-cut victory for Piero Rodriguez, who now does become a relevant name in the strawweight division. After that, this was about where I woke up. Joe Anderson, Brito, another first round finish, getting the submission just two minutes into his fight up against the late notice replacement, Lucas Alexander. Now for Lucas Alexander, that ends a streak. He was on of wins that actually got him into the UFC. Uh, but Joe Anderson, Brito, made a call out of Dan Ige as well after the fight. Brito definitely fast-tracking himself toward a ranked opponent. Now, he was supposed to face Melsic Bagdasarian, which would have been a great fight to watch. Uh, but for Joe Anderson Brito, that is two straight first-round finishes for the Brazilian. Uh, I had Brito winning by knockout. I did say, though, submission was a chance. Not that that counts for anything, just because I said it. Uh, but Joe Anderson Brito, another emphatic win for the Dana White Contender Series graduate. Now, he obviously lost in his promotional debut up against Bill Elgio, but since that point, Joe Anderson 
really putting all the right pieces together. And Britu is definitely a force to keep an eye on in the featherweight division. Then, in the middleweight division, two guys that I am a really big fan of. Uh, Nick Maximov up against Jacob Malkoon. I picked Malkoon winning by decision. That's how it went down, but very early in the first round, uh, Nick Maximov had some kind of issue with that right leg, right knee, and he was grimacing. You could tell, like, it was written all over his face that he was in trouble in that first round, and he really just, he didn't get going, and he was fighting hurt, and I'm a huge Nick Maximov fan, so, look, it was upsetting to see. There was a happy side, given that I'm going for the Australian, of course, in Jacob Malkoon, and that I had my money on Malkoon, um, but yeah, did somewhat mar the occasion. I'm not taking anything away from Malkoon's win, but it was unfortunate to not see Maximov at full strength. Uh, he fought those rounds two and three, definitely compromised, uh, and yeah, from, from the point that you could tell his leg was hurt, Jacob Malkoon really took over. Nine takedowns landed, had plenty of control time, and on the feet as well, I actually thought Maximov was going to be the one that dictated the pace on the feet. Uh, but that was Malkoon the whole way through. He utilized his jab really effectively. And it was quite interesting because Malkoon didn't decide to target that compromised leg of Maximov. And he instead just kept using that jab, worked in the takedowns as often as possible. As I said, he landed nine takedowns. And Jacob Mumba Malkoon. Bounces back from a contentious decision loss last time out against Brendan Allen. And for Malkoon, really timely win. We may, if he's fit and ready to go, well, we may see him on that Perth card uh, early next year. So huge win for Jacob Malkoon in the middleweight division. Now he can go and enjoy all that food that he was thinking about during the brutal weight cut. Congratulations to Mamba Malkoon. And... Commiserations to Nick Maximov. I'm still a really big fan of his. It was unfortunate to see uh, him have to battle injury throughout that fight. But for Malkoon, you can only beat what's in front of you. Uh, and you would have to suggest that the leg was compromised during the action, that it was potentially something that Malkoon did that actually compromised the leg. So Jacob Malkoon by decision over Nick Maximov. Then in our featured prelim, Mana Martinez, Brandon Davis, split decision. This one was actually really close. I had Mana Martinez winning by knockout, which he wasn't able to do. And I also had a little side play on Mana Martinez to win by second round knockout. Fucking hell, he almost did. I was clapping, hooting, hollering. It looked maybe like they had called it right at the end of the fight. Uh, but unfortunately... There just wasn't enough time left in that second round. Brandon Davis, I thought, looked really good. It was a split decision, and to be honest, I wouldn't have complained whichever way the judges saw it. I can definitely make a case for Brandon Davis having won the fight. And look, James Krause, as someone who had money on Mana Martinez, I was living vicariously through James Krause, who was just like trying to tell Mana Martinez, stop fucking around, you've had time like a few opportunities to finish him, you're fucking around, you're treating it like a game. Now those weren't his exact words, but I was like, thank you. It's always good when you got money on someone and their corner is, you know, really getting into them. Uh, but 
Mana Martinez, he gets it done by decision. There was a bit of trash talk throughout that fight that I enjoyed as well. Um, not, not a fight that I'd say you have to go back and watch. It didn't particularly take my breath away. Uh, but Mana Martinez gets a very timely win for Brandon Davis. Really unfortunate. I think he's now 2-7 and seven inside the UFC. But again, I think his record just does not reflect uh, how truly talented Brandon Davis is. But the featured prelim spotlight belongs to Houston's Mana Martinez. So that was the preliminary card action. As I mentioned, six from six head to head. So feeling confident uh, there will be some trumpet blowing, blowing my own trumpet. Uh, but look, a lot of them were favorites. And I actually don't look at the betting market before I do my tape study and all my research because I don't like to have the odds in my head because a lot of the time you see underdogs win. So I try to actually just watch the tape, do all my due diligence, and the market, betting market, is literally the last thing I check. So I did go for a few favorites, majority favorites on this card. So it's not like I'm some absolute genius. Um, Jacob Malkoon was an underdog. But yeah, so far, a perfect record across the card. As we headed into the main card, as I mentioned at the start, Alonzo Menafield, a knockout in the first round, clocking in at 1 minute and 28 seconds. It's unfortunate for Misha Serkinov, who's come back up to light heavyweight after an unsuccessful stint at middleweight. But for Alonzo Menafield, I mean, he well and truly earned that. They don't call him Atomic for no reason. And thanks, Alonzo. Some more money won and the record head-to-head today. A perfect seven from seven with four fights remaining. And up next, we've got Rafael Asuncao up against Victor Henry. Now, I've taken Victor Henry by decision here. But look, the biggest question is the durability of 40-year-old Rafael Asuncao. He's on a four-fight slide has been finished, I believe, in three of those four fights. And the formerly ranked fighter seems like maybe Father Time's caught up with him. Now, I'm a huge fan of a Sun Sao. I never like to watch a fighter decline. So look, if my perfect head-to-head record is ruined here, I'll actually be happy. I, I would like to see Rafael a Sun Sao win, but... Victor Henry is no joke. He's coming off that decision win up against Hayoni Barcelos, where he was a huge underdog last time out. And Victor Henry, he's very well traveled. He's got a record of 22 and 5, with all five losses coming by way of decision. 27 fights. Victor Henry has never been stopped inside the distance. And Rafael Asuncao, he was once just as durable. Uh, but it does seem like Father Time is catching up. Now, they are about to launch into this bantamweight fight. I've got Victor Henry winning this one by decision. And now I'm going to sit down, watch all the action from this bantamweight contest, and I will be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. All right, in the wise words of one Nelly Furtado, all good things must come to an end. The perfect streak is over, but like I said, I would be so happy to see Rafael Asuncao get the win. That is exactly what he did 
And look, the 40-year-old didn't just win. It was a 30-27 on the scorecards. He won every round. And to be honest, he was streets ahead of Victor Henry. Really emotional scenes as well. Obviously, he's on a four-fight slide. Uh, but Rafael Asuncao back in the winner's column. And you could see just how much it meant to him. He was in tears after the fight. Many people, and myself included, to be honest, had written him off, thought he was done. Uh, but really great counter-striking from Rafael Asuncao. Like I said, 30-27 on the scorecards. So he was clearly the winner. No debate about that. Little bit disappointed by Victor Henry, but... To be honest, I'm actually just more happy because Rafael Asuncao, he's been doing it tough. He's given so much to the industry and he gets a much needed win. Now, after that, in the interview, he said he's going to go away, think about retirement. So we don't know whether that's it for him. Maybe we see him on the uh, Brazil card at the start of next year. That might be a little bit of a stretch given that, I mean, Rafael, this was his first fight since December last year, but he said he doesn't know whether he's retiring yet, but it's close. So look, enjoy Rafael Asuncao while we still have him competing. Really happy to see him get the win there. 30-27 on the scorecards. Now, given that he's pretty close to retiring, not too many implications as far as a run in the division once more is concerned, but Nonetheless, really, really happy to see Rafael Asuncao pick up that win. The first round, pretty even. Uh, but then in the second round, he really pulled away. He wobbled Victor Henry a couple of times. And Victor just couldn't get any of his game going. Asuncao, with his counter-striking, just seemed a few steps ahead of him the entire way through. Massive win for Rafael Asuncao. Uh, that does end the perfect head-to-head -head streak. but. I'll cop it. Really, really good to see him back in the winner's column. And we've still got three more fights. So up next, we've got middleweight division action between Dushko Todorovic and Jordan Wright. This is another fight that I expect to be over pretty quickly. Jordan Wright has never even seen a third round in his career. And Dushko Todorovic, look, I'm interested in this one because Dushko, not as much of a fight finisher as Jordan Wright, but. We do know that the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright, he likes to push the pace. He's going to be looking to wrap it up in that first five minutes. So heading into this middleweight encounter, I've gone Dushko Todorovic winning by knockout. And yeah, I think this one, I think this one could be over pretty quickly. We know that Jordan Wright loves to come out with finishing intent. And look, I think someone gets finished here. I think there's equal chance that it could be Jordan Wright getting the win. But I've taken Dushko Totorovic. Interested to see how this goes and what it means for the middleweight division. Not a whole lot as far as the rankings are concerned. But for one of these guys, they get to take a giant leap forward within the division. So there's a lot at stake. Three fights to go on this card. We've got the bantamweight co-main event. We've got the women's flyweight main event. But up next, middleweight action between Dushko Todorovic and Jordan Wright. We're back in a jiffy with my thoughts and comments. Alrighty, another one in the books now. Dushko Todorovic via second round knockout. 
I believe that's the longest a Jordan Wright fight has ever gone. And really interesting, to be honest. I thought it was going to be an explosive start. The first round, not so much. Dushko looking to initialize the wrestling really early. And look, the first round clearly belonged to Jordan Wright. He was well ahead on the striking numbers. He was doing a lot better on the ground. But then going into the second round, Dushko's corner really got in his ear. And I think for Jordan Wright, he's barely ever even been into the second round. So we saw that cardio ended up becoming somewhat of an issue. Both guys expending a lot of energy in that first round. And then the second round, Dushko Todorovic comes out, just starts opening up. And yeah, he put the foot down, was rocking Jordan Wright with a number of strikes. To Jordan Wright's credit as well, he stayed standing after copping some real big hits to the face. Uh, but in the end, Dushko, he just put the hammer down. You could see that both guys were tired. It was pretty clear um, that it was unlikely for this one to reach the third round. Dushko Todorovic getting the TKO finish. Big win for him to move forward in the division. Really unfortunate for Jordan Wright as well. Uh, but Dushko Todorovic gets it done by knockout. Keeps my streak pretty decent. Only one fight head to head wrong. On this card. Now, for Dushko, I'm interested to see who they do matchmake him with next. He's been given a lot of tough assignments, the likes of Gregory Rodriguez, Chitty, and Jokawani. And this win propels Dushko right back into the conversation around guys who can potentially crack the middleweight top 15. Big win for Todorovic. And now we don't have much time to waste. We are going straight in to our co main event of the evening. Killer Cub Swanson officially making the move down to the bantamweight division. A lot of questions here. My biggest one, how's his chin going to hold up with the extra weight cut? Cub Swanson, an absolute legend of the sport, 38 years old. Can he get yet another emphatic win? Or will it be the softly spoken Jonathan Martinez who lets his actions do the talking? Not much of a guy to really be running his mouth or anything like that. But Martinez, just quietly, has rattled off three straight wins. He now finds himself in a position to start making moves toward the top 15. It's Jonathan the Dragon Martinez up against Killer Cub Swanson. Excuse my phone, whoops a daisy uh, about that one. I've gone Jonathan Martinez by decision. But look, Cub Swanson is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. And you cannot take... Someone like Killer Cub lightly. Really interested to see how this co-main event goes. I think we could be in for a fight of the night here. Does have banger written all over it. More so because of Cub Swanson than Martinez. I've taken Martinez by decision. But Cub Swanson throughout fight week. He has spoken about his intention to get the first round knockout finish. So I think as soon as this one kicks off. It's going to be action personified. Now I'm going to sit down, watch our Bantamweight Kona main event, and I will be back in just a moment with my thoughts and comments. Alright, Jonathan Martinez with a career-defining win over Cub Swanson, earning the finish in the second round with a barrage of nasty leg kicks. Been a while since we've seen someone achieve a finish with leg kicks, but I mean, when you see Chris Gutierrez in the corner of Jonathan Martinez, 
that's when you know, like, I'm glad I don't train at that gym. I don't think my legs could handle it. But Jonathan, the Dragon Martinez, takes a huge leap forward in the division. He now goes from a prospect who is just going about his business quietly to now a top prospect, four-fight win streak, and finishing a Hall of Famer in Cub Swanson. Now, it was unfortunate to see Swanson go down like that. Uh, I did question the weight cut going down to 135. He looked comfortable at times, but yeah, I just feel like Cub Swanson perhaps better as a featherweight, although he would know better than I do. Going into the fight, Cub Swanson spoke about needing to suffer more. Well, unfortunately for Cub, there was plenty of suffering going on in this fight. Jonathan Martinez all over him. Now this, you could be forgiven if Herb stopped this, or Herb could have been forgiven rather, for stopping this fight at the end of the first. If there were a couple more seconds, it would have been over at the end of the first round. Jonathan Martinez just as sharp as anything. He comes out in the second round, and look, Cub Swanson put up a fight. This is exactly why this fight was made, because Jonathan Martinez at times methodical and not putting the foot down for a finish, but killer Cub Swanson forced him into a fight, and full credit to both of these guys, they put on a show, but Jonathan the Dragon Martinez was easily the biggest win of his career, and after the fight, a call-out, very respectful call-out of Dominic Cruz, the dominator, one of, if not the greatest, bantamweight of all time, who just happened to be sitting at the commentary desk as well. So we've had a call-out, Jonathan Martinez now, setting his sights on the top 15 and really looking to make his run. Massive win for Jonathan the Dragon Martinez. Unfortunate to see Cub Swanson go down like that. Really nasty leg kicks. Like you could see it was written all over his face. They were brutal leg kicks. And in the end, they accumulated. Jonathan the Dragon Martinez picks up a massive win. And Jonathan is now a topped prospect within this division. Huge win. And I am very interested to see whether they go for that Dominic Cruz matchup. I'm not sure whether that's the direction they will take. But nonetheless, Jonathan Martinez is now right on track to crack the top 15 of, in my opinion, the most stacked division inside the UFC. The bantamweight ranks going off at the moment and Jonathan Martinez throwing his name into the mix. A huge performance. And now we jump in to our main event of the evening. Thoughts and comments. We've got women's flyweight action between the fifth-ranked Alexa Grasso up against number six in Viviani Araujo. This is five rounds, 25 minutes to decide a winner. And at the end of this, we may know who our next contender is to challenge Valentina Bullet Shevchenko for the Women's Flyweight Championship. Now, next weekend on the biggest card of the year, UFC 280, we've got Manon Fior up against Catlin Chukagan. And that in itself will also have implications on the next title challenger. Uh, but these two ladies, they are in the main event spotlight. Five rounds to state their case as to why they should be next. And if you haven't heard a Thoughts and Comments podcast before, what I like to do for the main event is go round by round. So look, this may finish inside the distance, 
but what I'm going to do is check back in after each round with my thoughts and comments. I'm expecting this one to go the full 25 minutes. Now, my pick, Alexa Grasso by decision, but look, huge value on the betting market as far as Viviani Araujo is concerned. I think this one is much closer than the market would suggest. Uh, heading into this one, I've got Grasso by decision as both of them now making their walkout. I'll check back in at the end of each round. Um, I'm not really going to try to score it. I may give some thoughts if someone clearly won the round, uh, but I'll leave the scoring to the judges. This is a really interesting fight. Obviously, we may have a contender once all is said and done here. And yeah, it's going to be Alexa Grasso or Vivian Araujo. I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments at the conclusion of round one. All right, first round in the books, uh, relatively close. There was a point early on where Alexa Grasso managed to snuff a takedown uh, attempt from Araujo, and a little bit later in the round toward the end, Viviani actually managed the takedown, but Alexa Grasso getting out of it pretty quickly. So very close first round. I would say maybe Alexa Grasso up one round to none, but yeah, that one... Not a huge discrepancy in terms of someone pulling ahead. Uh, it will be very interesting going into the second to see how things go. I'll check back in after round two, unless there's a finish somewhere in there with some more thoughts and comments. In my opinion, Grasso potentially up one round to none. All right, after the second round, uh, it's quite interesting. I think it's one apiece. Uh, Arujo, she got a takedown, had some control time. But in terms of the striking and the action on the feet, Alexa Grasso is definitely ahead. So maybe the judges have Grasso up two rounds. It's hard to tell whether the control time and the takedown counts for more in the judges' eyes or whether the really crisp and clean striking of Grasso is edging her ahead. Could be two zip, could be one apiece. Now, I'm going to say it's one apiece with three rounds remaining. Alexa Grasso looking really good but neither of these ladies having had five round experience. So it is going to be interesting in rounds three and potentially four and five, how they hold up in terms of their strength and conditioning. In my opinion, it's one apiece as we now settle in to the third round. All right, 15 minutes down, no stoppages so far in the first three rounds. Uh, I think Araujo maybe has clinched that third round. Although when I looked at the striking numbers for round two, uh, Grasso ahead by about 18 strikes. So when I said that maybe Arujo and that control time had won her the round, that may not be the case. So hard to tell all in all. Now I'm not going by actual scorecards. I'm going to say Grasso up two rounds to one. It could definitely be the other way around though. Now what I found really interesting in the corners heading into that third round the corner of Alexa Grasso, they believe that she's up two rounds to none. And Viviane Araujo's corner, they believe that Viviane is up two rounds to none heading into that third. So someone's wrong there. And after the third round, yeah, maybe Araujo. So really unsure exactly where the scoring is at. Very curious to see exactly what the go is. And now we head in to the championship rounds. This is where the fight is won and lost. 
Neither of these women have competed in a round four before, so it's new territory for both. Bit of a sink or swim moment here now. Who's going to pull ahead in the championship rounds? I'll be back at the end of round four with some more thoughts and comments. All right, fourth round done. We are now heading into the fifth and final. Uh, I must apologize. They're kicking off the fifth now, so I'll make these thoughts and comments rather quick. Uh, I think Grasso overall is up. Now, obviously the judges don't go on vibe, but if I'm going on vibe from what I've seen from the first 20 minutes, I think Grasso's up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them show some urgency in looking for a finish. We've got five minutes to go. Will we have our next flyweight contender out of this fight? Let's wait and see. Fine. English. Failure. My bad. Uh, five minutes to go. We are now in the fifth round. I will be back at the end of this fight with my thoughts and comments. In my opinion, Alexa Grasso was up, so I'm expecting Viviani Araujo to really put the foot down and chase the finish. All right. Very fast finish to the fight. Both ladies starting to display some urgency. Uh, but look, we're going to the judges' scorecards. I'm not 100% sure. Again, going off vibe, I think Alexa Grasso has done enough. Now, I don't know if either of these ladies have done just enough to really say, I'm the next title challenger. I think now we look to Catelyn Chikagan and Manon Fior, as well as the winner of this fight. But there hasn't been a huge statement made, but a quality main event. We head to the judges' scorecards. I think Grasso's done enough, but. I'm really not sure. I won't argue either way, whatever the judges score this one. So now going to give it a moment. Check back in a second once we have the judges scores. And let's find out in a moment who our winner is. USC Vegas 62, our main event, Alexa Grasso, Viviane Araujo, the official decision and my thoughts and comments up next. All right, we now have the judges' scorecards and the winner by unanimous decision, Alexa Grasso. She's done enough. She gets her hand raised. Credit to both ladies. Definitely a hell of a fight they put on. And Alexa Grasso, look, one of the judges scored it heavily in her favor, uh, but it was a close fight. She was ahead on the striking numbers. Takedowns, uh, there were actually more from Araujo. But look, it was on the feet where Alexa Grasso managed to win the fight. Very competitive, but for Grasso, she is now a perfect 4-0 in the flyweight division. She puts her name fourth as a potential next title challenger. Although, speaking to Paul Felder after the fight, she wasn't calling for the title. She said she trusts McMaynard and the matchmakers uh, in what they're going to set up next for her. So now we wait for next weekend. We'll see what happens when Chikagan takes on uh, Manon Fior, because that also has implications around the next title challenger. But in our UFC Vegas 62 main event, it is Alexa Grasso who gets her hand raised. An incredible effort from her. And look, this card wasn't exactly star-studded. I really think they've put everything they can into making UFC 280 an absolute banger of a card. I mean, there are some fights on the prelims for 280 that could have main evented this card. But nonetheless, plenty of highlights from the first fight and Pete Dead Game Rodriguez flooring Mike Jackson. 
all the way to our main event with Alexa Grasso getting her hand raised, we see plenty of fighters take that next step forward within their division, uh, especially Alexa Grasso. So now with that win, she was already ranked fifth. Uh, I'll just pull up the rankings actually in front of me. Will be interesting to see whether she does uh, break further into the rankings, given that she did just beat the number six ranked women's flyweight. Just having a look at the rankings here. Jessica Andrade ranked fourth. And Andrade, I believe, is going to be fighting in the women's strawweight division. Lucky Lauren Murphy ranked third as well. She's coming off a win over Misha Tate. So it is interesting. Alexa Grasso, she will, I would say, break into at least fourth, uh, wow, English, at least fourth position, potentially even the top three. So really big win in terms of the career of Alexa Grasso. She caps off a pretty action-packed card across the board. And uh, look, I must say I'm pretty happy in terms of the head-to-head results, just counting the fights, one, two, three, four, five, 11 fights, 10 out of 11 head-to-head correct today. The only one I got wrong uh, was Victor Henry. So on a personal level, I'm stoked about that. That is exactly the form I wanted to reach heading into the biggest card of the year next weekend, UFC 280. And through the week, do stay tuned for my preview and predictions podcast. We are going to keep or try and keep this great form rolling. I want to maybe aim for a perfect card. I mean, it's a huge stretch, but UFC 280, I've got a lot of tape to sit down and watch, a lot of extra study and the usual process. And through the week, probably a little bit earlier this week, I'll be releasing the UFC 280 uh, preview and predictions. And as far as the thoughts and comments podcast, uh, I've actually, I'm actually going to be doing some work up in Queensland, uh, emceeing a festival, funnily enough, uh, and doing a couple of other things. So I don't know whether I will do a thoughts and comments podcast for UFC 280. I would love to, like in a perfect world, that is exactly what happens given it's the biggest card of the year. I'm definitely going to be watching the fights. Uh, it just depends coming off emceeing the festival and things like that. That's on the Saturday, UFC 280 in Australia on the Sunday. Uh, so I'll just have to work out exactly what's going on. But the plan is to come back this time next weekend for another Thoughts and Comments podcast. The biggest card of the year, headlined by Charles Oliveira up against Islam Markashev. We've also got TJ Dillashaw challenging for the bantamweight strap up against Aljo, Aljamain Sterling. We've got Puerto Yan up against Sugar Sean O'Malley, Catelyn Chukagan up against Manon Fior. We've got Sean Brady, Bilal Muhammad. This card is absolutely stacked. Very keen to jump in to my preview and predictions. And as I said, this is exactly the kind of form I wanted to reach heading into the biggest card of the year. Let's try and keep this run going. 10 out of 11 head-to-head today. Thank you so much for listening, and do be sure, if you're interested in my performance highlights, uh, which is essentially our equivalent of performance bonuses, fight of the night, performances of the night, uh, as well as looking at some of the top prospects, I'm going to be throwing that up over on our Instagram right now. So by the time you've heard this, uh, if you go over to our Instagram, at not just a sports report, you'll be able to see today's UFC Vegas 62 Uh, performance highlights across the whole card. And yeah, a decent card. It must be said, I had fun watching it. 
I hope you had fun listening to this podcast. And now we set our sights on UFC 280 preview and predictions podcast coming out during the week. And if I don't do a thoughts and comments podcast, uh, live reactions, I will definitely be doing some form of podcast to cover the card. I mean, it'd be rude not to. This one is going to be an absolute banger. Uh, And so with this done, I mean, it's time for me to start watching tape. It is time for me to start focusing my attention on my picks for the next card. Very happy with the 10 out of 11 today. And overall, some fun moments across the card. You've got fighters like Alexa Grasso, Jonathan Martinez, really taking that next logical step in their journey towards becoming a contender. And some big wins across the card. Very happy to see Rafael Asuncao pick up a major win. And really keen to see what Alonzo Menafield can do and build off the momentum he got with the first round finish over Misha Serkinov. This has been UFC Vegas 62 thoughts and comments. A bit of a shorter one, not as in-depth today, uh, but I still had a lot of fun. Now, let's get amongst UFC 280. Thank you for listening, and until the preview and predictions podcast, have a bloody ripper of a week.